so we didn't design this, but the, this actually flows really, really well is my second on the list would be others focused. Okay. Right. So I feel like self-leadership, then that leads to communication and being others focused. So, so the, the mantra of the ser- servant leadership right. is where you're going. Exactly. Okay. Um, I mean, the greatest leaders, whether religious, business, anything, are usually others focused. Mm-hmm. Right. The saying holds true that if you help enough people get what they want, then you can have what you want. Love the book, you know, right here in front of us, leaders eat last, mm-hmm. right? Having an others focused viewpoint and, you know, going to your team. And this is something I practice and I ask people, what's your number one? I've got to, you've got to figure out their why, right? As a leader, you've got to know your people's why. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it their kids? Is it, you know, better quality of life? What are they looking for? Because if you can feed that, you build again, this, this all goes back to trust. To be a leader, you've got to have, have a high level of trust with your people. Right. And if they see that, hey, you're actually not just asking them what they want, why they want it, everything like that, but you actually genuinely care about whether they get it. Mm hmm. Then you build trust and loyalty that is really unbreakable. Where you put your money, where you put your time, that's what grows, right? So having that others focus or self-leadership mindset. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and what part of the world you're in. <laughs> I am your co-host, Zach Levy, and this is the Generate Your Value podcast. Joined with me, as always, is our other co-host, the Andy McDowell. Good morning. Good How are morning. we today? Amazing. Amazing. Good. I've had about four cups of coffee, so plenty of caffeine. and Raring to go. All of our listeners can hang on for the ride. <laughs> and it's a ride. <laughs> it is. You should be inside my head. <laughs> All right. So what are we going to talk about today? So today we're, we put something together, Mandy and I were talking last night. And of course, a lot of the focus of this podcast is leadership. So we figured today we we would compile a list together, you know, both come up with three good points on really the qualities, what we find the biggest, most important qualities of a effective leader is. So, because right. I mean... Anybody listening to this, I imagine entrepreneur, 
maybe management, maybe business owner, anything like that. We've got to be able to effectively lead people, not just manage. Yeah, I would hope so. Right. We've talked about the difference before where managers just manage a process, maintain the status quo. Yeah, you're there to ensure the processes are working correctly. You're managing it. So it's not it's a little bit of creativity, but it's not a lot of creativity. If you find right. if you found an issue within the process, you would fix it. Mm-hmm. That's somewhat the extent of the creativity uh when it comes to the word management. This is my opinion. Well, I mean managers can benefit from having leadership skills, but a true leader is one that actually challenges the status quo, moves things forward, progresses, mm-hmm. goes from point A to point B, not just maintain a level. Well, you're trying to get everything to move. When you're, when you're, right. when you're managing a process, it's assumed that the process is going to do its job, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of some end result comes at the, out the end of the process, much like a manufacturing line for an automobile company you have a process that enables the car to be put together and you have a desired result which is a a car that works that you're going to sell to the public comes out the other end right so you're managing that process so that if any kinks come along you get it fixed and you still get cars coming out of the assembly line right right you know leadership is about okay is there a way we can do it more efficiently in that assembly line, or do we want a new product line? Do we want a new vehicle on the lineup? What, what are we doing with the business to help it at least survive, if not grow? Is more about leadership because you got creativity coming along as opposed mm-hmm. to I got a process and I'm just managing, making sure that process is working effectively because it, it ends up with a desired result for the company. Right. Two very different things and take take very different skill sets to be effective in it. So right. what we're talking about today is just, is is the leadership side. So you want to start off? I will. You, so brought, you brought your three, right? I brought my three. Okay. There's so, a list of many more, but I'll stick with three. So well, that's why I divvy it up. So you bring three, <laughs> I bring three, we'll end up with six. It's not an all-inclusive list, but ones that we feel like... Of top priority. Right. So for me, and and something we've talked about in the past, and anybody that has started out or point and grown from that has experienced that in order to effectively lead others to be a leader, one must possess a a high level of self-leadership. The saying, you know, do it first in, in business a lot of times also applies to being able to hold oneself accountable Make sure that you're on your own path and that you are living out your personal why. I mean, we've talked about this almost ad nauseum in the past. (laughs) Well, one of the most effective aspects of being a leader is modeling. Right. Right. So sort of that phrase, don't do as I say, but do as I do kind of aspect. So... Hopefully your words match your behaviors, but at the very least, if if they don't, if you're if you're, if you're doing and modeling the things you want the team to do, 
that end up allowing the company to do what it needs to do, all the better. Where you run right. into problems when you say things, but then you go do something very different because you're not self-leading right. from that perspective. Well, again, going back to when we talked about a mission statement, a personal mission statement, you've got to be able to live that out and people have to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if they're empty words on a piece of paper, they're actually more detrimental than not even having a mission statement. If they don't see the authenticity, right. then... You lose credibility. You and, lose trust. Right. Why should I do as you say? You're not even doing it yourself. So why should I believe in what you're saying? Big item. But what what else what else about self-leadership? So I think you need I think you need to say something or we need to say something about self-leadership is how it enables and supports making good decisions for others on your team, right? Right. You've done the work, you've well, fallen off your horse and you've gotten back on. Well, I use You made changes in growth and so forth and how does that then affect how you make decisions right. for the team? Well, how you make decisions, how you coach, how you model, like we were mm-hmm. talking about. My favorite saying when when I'm working with somebody that I'm training is, "Hey, look. Here's the good news." is it took me this long to do what, do what you're trying to do. I'll be able to teach you to do it so much faster because I can help you avoid the mistakes. What I actually use is, hey, I've already touched the stove. I know it's hot. So I can tell you, hey, don't put your hand on that. Mm-hmm. Right? I can also tell you how to prepare a beautiful meal at the same time because I've done it. It just took me a longer time to figure out than what it's going to take you because you're not having to figure it out. You just have to follow the system that – is built. All right. So my turn. So what I'm going to throw out, which sort of goes hand in hand with yours, self-leadership is to be a great communicator. Mm. And you can go out and Google it and you, you'll come out with two, 3,000 different articles and comments about people talking about communication, whether it be about your marriage or parenting or mm-hmm. all aspect of lives that... To have robust relationships in your life, you got to be able to communicate. Right. Whether it's about your feelings or the logical, factual side or whatever it may be, is to have the self-confidence and so forth to be able to communicate. Right. Well, in leadership, if there's if there's an issue, right, if you're leading a team or leading family, again, we've talked about the fluidity between family and business, mm-hmm. but if you're leading... And there's, there's a problem with one of the pieces of that body that you're leading, right? Where typically things get gummed up is lack of communication. Gummed up is actually an understatement there. Having a lack of communication in leadership can also damage trust. Mm-hmm. Because... I'm glad it, you went there. Well... Number one, you're not being honest. So you, as the leader, you start to look at that person cynically. Well, you may if it's a person, you may not may not be trying to be dishonest, right? But you're leaving that judgment up to others, people, because you're not communicating, right? Or they might not even know something's wrong, mm-hmm. right? Which it might not be an intentional lie, but at the end of the day, they're going to perceive it as that when the hammer comes down, right? Right. And so, you know, we've experienced this within 
family, things like that, it holds true. If you don't communicate, eventually you shake up, you know, proverbial bottle of soda that you just shake up, shake up, shake up. Eventually the cap blows off and it explodes. Yes. Right. So. Again, particularly if you have a, what do they call it? A a passive aggressive nature. Yeah. So direct communication. Passive aggressive is backhands all day almost. Well, you're being passive in that you're not communicating, right? Even though your emotions are going about something, you're not communicating, right. and it's considered passive, passive, passive until all of a sudden you you have so much anger and frustration in you that you just explode because you weren't doing any communication in the past about, about an issue or your feelings or what. Take it from somebody who used to be passive aggressive. Right. <laughs> well, and take, myself pointing the fingers. It at takes me. a lot of self leadership <laughs> to be able to communicate. Yeah. Right. To have the hard conversations, and it's scary because you're like, okay, what are the outcomes going to be? But we've talked about in the past from a leadership position in a business, being able to have an open line of communication with your teams. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it it actually having those Harvard conversations. And this might not be everybody because they might not be at the point of self-leadership where they can even take criticism because that is some people. But the right people are going to take and go, I actually appreciate you being honest with me so that they can continue to get better. And that's the only way you foster that relationship. Yeah. So there's two important components in good communication. One is a quantity and one is a quality. Right. So just from a strict quantity standpoint, are you talking enough? Right. Regardless of what that content is at this point, just are you talking enough? Are you having a banter back and forth or whatever with your team? But then there's the quality side too. Are you just filling up space with a bunch of want, 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 so to speak, in in Mm -hmm. what you're communicating? Or are you being authentic? Are you being empathetic? Are you being, are you answering the why? Are you doing all the things that truly bring value? in the relationship and in the conversation and the communication right. to make an impact. So, so there's both of them. If you're going to, if, if you were going to err on one side, what, what side would you go on? Quality. That used to be the feedback from my supervisor all the time is Andy, you don't talk a whole lot, but when you talk, it's significant impact to the topic at hand. And I mean, I- when you do that, we can't have the pendulum too far one way or the other. No. Because if you're just a jabber jaw all the time, people tune you out and your words lose value. But at the same time, if if you never talk and you talk once a quarter, <laughs> there, there's not a lot of progress that can be made. Right. Right. It's like if somebody goes to the gym once a quarter, they're not going to get in shape ever. Those, you know, the commu- communication, one of my favorite things we've talked about is compounding, right? Mm-hmm. Communication is a strategic investment into people, 100%. If you don't communicate enough, it's hard for your personality to come out. Mm-hmm. It's hard for, to build that level of trust. I mean, even if you bring quality out and what you're saying is happening so, or not enough. Well, we've all been that- over- People begin to question things. Right. Exactly. We've all been around that person that they don't really, excuse me, they don't really have much to say, 
Mm-hmm. And so everybody's wondering, like, are you engaged? Are you right? here? Are you present? Are you mad? Are you sad? Are you? Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of a guessing game, right? People have to know you. They have to know what's going on to be able to trust, right? Well, it takes longer for that understanding, right? You know, the follies come to the conclusion, oh, Sally's just an introvert. She's okay. She's just an introvert. You know, so it's not a detraction of trust and other things. It's just her, his or her nature kind of thing. But you're only going to know that after spending a whole bunch of time with a person and seeing the patterns and having a little bit of communication or even the person admitting, I'm just I'm just an introvert, you right. know? Right, kind of thing, but it, it takes time to to develop and understand that that's a pattern, and your trust level all of a sudden goes back up again because you understand it's just being introverted as opposed to one of the other many things that could be on a list. You can start scratching them off because you have an understanding the person's an introvert. Right. All right. What's next on your list? So we didn't design this, but this actually flows really, really well. Is my second on the list would be others focused. Okay. Right. So I feel like self-leadership, then that leads to communication and being others focused. So, so the, the mantra of the ser- servant leadership right. is where you're going. Exactly. Okay. Um, I mean, the greatest leaders, whether religious, business, anything, are usually others focused. Mm-hmm. Right. The saying holds true that if you help enough people get what they want, then you can have what you want. Love the book, you know, right here in front of us, Leaders Eat Last, right? Mm -hmm. Having an others-focused viewpoint and, you know, going to your team, and this is something I practice, and I ask people, what's your, number one, I've got to, you've got to figure out their why, right? As a leader, you've got to know your people's why, Mm -hmm. right? Is it their kids? Is it, you know, better quality of life? What are they looking for? Because if you can feed that, you build, again, this this all goes back to trust. To be a leader, you've got to have, have a high level of trust with your people. Right. And if they see that, hey, you're actually not just asking them what they want, why they want it, everything like that, but you actually genuinely care about whether they get it. Mm-hmm. Then you build trust and loyalty that is really unbreakable. Where you put your money, where you put your time, that's what grows. Right. So having that others focus or self-leadership mindset, because we see, I've seen a lot of people that is me, 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 right? And everybody views them as that pompous guy that all they do is talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, we may love and care about some of those people, eventually you say, okay, I've got to take a break. I, you just get frustrated. Well, it goes back to the last week's episode about investment, right? Mm-hmm. If you're others focused, you're investing, you're trying to get a return on the investment, your time, your communication, and everything. In that being focused on others, you you plant a flower. Mm-hmm. So you hire you hire an employee, and you're you're planting the seeds for a tulip, for example. Right. Then you spending your time and being others focused and so forth is like putting water and fertilizer Mm -hmm. in the ground, creating an environment that allows that tulip bulb to grow, right? Mm -hmm. 
through that engagement, through that communication, through that investment in your people, that your expectation then as a result of that, from that work that you're doing, is you're going to get these beautiful tulips as the outcome. I think that's what that's what you're saying. Right. Helping them grow because that seed wants water, it wants sunlight, it wants fertilizer, it wants food. Figuring out exactly what they want and then focusing on helping them get that. Number one, they'll work harder at their position. Right? And being a leader, being able to be others focused and just constantly paint a picture for them that here's what you want. You know, here's the picture. Keep visualizing, keep visualizing, Mm -hmm. and then helping them get there. Yeah, just to keep going on that analogy, you might have one employee who's a tulip, one employee who's a rose, um, one employee who's a a daffodil. Mm -hmm. You know, you sort of get the point. Each one of those plants has a slightly different need in terms of minerals and nutrients and so forth to help help it grow. And you've got to have an understanding of that so you don't throw something. If you just pick one thing, it might work for two out of the three or only one out of the three by the nature of their makeup and so forth. But the, at mm-hmm. the end, you want this garden, so to speak, full of flowers as the end result. But you've got to, you've got to know each one of those things that you're planting and what the ideal mixture is of nutrients and whatever to help them grow. It's the right. same thing with a person whether it be their engagement, their motivation, their why in life, all those type things, you got to sit down and have those conversations so that you know how to, quote, feed Mm -hmm. each of them the proper stuff to get the best out of them from that perspective. All right. Next on my list is, as we discussed right before we started recording, I would put in as charisma. Mm. But charisma to me is a is a big bucket of how you how you approach time with your team, your engagement and so forth. So are you open? Are you inviting? Are you authentic? Your last one, putting others first. Mm-hmm. Do you come across with a demeanor? I'm interested, I'm engaged with you. I want to understand. I want to do that in my daily interactions with you. When, when I have the whole team in front of me, am I, is my speaking style, my communication style, one of storytelling and showcasing a why of what we're doing? And are you engaged? Are you hanging on every word that I have to say, so to speak, because of the way that I, my aura is, the way that I present myself, what my self-branding is, the quality, going back to the very first one, the quality of the engagement that we have. I would throw all those in the bucket called charisma from that perspective. I mean, one of the leaders I really read a lot of books from Art Williams. So he said a leader should always got to be excited. Mm-hmm. Right. And that goes back to charisma is yeah, the energy you bring. Because if, I mean, we've all had that person that we've sat in a class with or, you know, we have conversations with it. Is the, you know, Bueller, Bueller, right? Just the monotone, (laughs) just, yeah, I'd rather go, you know, watch paint dry than listen to this person talk. 
you've got to bring energy and charisma to the table to get your people excited. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, going back to others focused, you got to be able to paint that picture of what it's going to be like for them, what it's going to be like for the bigger picture and get them excited about it, get them behind it. I don't know. There's much more to go on charisma because it's almost like taking the previous three. Well, and and sort of wrapping it up on how how do you emotionally and whatnot do all these things, right? Well, how, how is it presented? It's actually interesting. I was reading this morning, and one of the things that was talked about was why why this football coach could get his players to come out and volunteer to play football, mm-hmm. right? And that the team just loved show, you know, practice. They showed up without question. And then this English teacher said, you know, how I can never get kids excited. I, you know, they don't do their homework. They're struggling in my class. How do you get, a, you know, how do you get them so engaged? And then the solution was when your people win. You've got to celebrate with them, mm-hmm. right? Even if it's just a win for them, celebrate with them, mm-hmm. right? Jump up and down, hug them. Good job. Everybody deserves an attaboy or girl, right? Make them feel special and make it a big deal when they, you know, don't just, okay, while well, you're doing your job, okay, great. That's why people have had the corporate burnout that they've had. It's part mm-hmm. of the great resignation we've talked about mm-hmm. is there's no excitement. It's the only time they get recognized or made to feel special is when they do something wrong. Right. But be excited with them. If you have to, it was said, stand up on your desk, throw a racer across the room, something to bring energy into the room and make it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me, um, I can't remember if I was in junior high or high school. We had a requ- required reading list. I was not a big reader at that, at that point, but you had to read a book and then sit down with the English teacher for. 10, 15 minutes after you finished a book and talk about it. I hated it mm-hmm. with a passion. And at one point, English, my English teacher said, "What? how can I get you more excited about this stuff to actually commit to reading these things and have a an engaged conversation with me? And I said, well, I, I think it's the, the books that are on the list. I don't find any of these exciting. If... She said, okay, uh, um, with you, I'm going to, the next one on the list, don't read it. Pick one out you think you might really enjoy, and then we'll talk about it. You know, I, I probably won't have read it, but I can at least come up with some questions to help help me understand what the book was about and so forth. And I picked a book that was on, of historical significance. It was, it was fiction, but it was written around history in the Civil War. I loved it. I found I found the joy of mm-hmm. reading again and had a very engaged conversation with my teacher. And just like you said, it was about celebrating that victory. Like, ah, oh, I finally found something that Andy, an individual person here, can get engaged with with the book. Right. And celebrated that with me. I still had to read read the other books on the list, but she at least ignited somewhat of a fire right. underneath right. me that in you know, my own personal time to find books that I would enjoy. And I became an avid reader after that. All right, so I'm next, right? So I lost a place. That was charisma, so it was be back to me. No, back to you. Okay. So my final point was integrity, and that's a big umbrella word. 
mm-hmm. right? But again, everything if and this was not planned, but everything we've talked about goes back to trust. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, again, going back to do it first, I would never, ever, ever ask my people, whether it was when I was in fitness, whether it was when I was in restaurant management or now to do something that I've never done or wouldn't be willing to do. I'll give you an example is just in the, in the restaurant industry, for example, I'd have my nice dress management shirts on everything, but I see something, you know, dirty under the grill. It wasn't, Hey, you scrub. Right. Right. It's, Hey, watch the grill for me. I need to clean this. Right. Or, you know, whatever, manage, manage a task for me. Cause I want to do the dirty work so that if I ever asked them to, that they'd be willing to do it, but also holding up to that personal mission statement. Right. Are you doing what you say that you're going to do for people? If you say, yeah, you know, I'll give you this, this schedule. If you're in, you know, in charge of scheduling, do they get it? Or when the schedule comes out, are they going, what the heck? You told me I'd have X, Y, Z off. That's just a small example. Mm-hmm. But then in your own personal life, are you living out with integrity as well? Are you doing what you say you're doing when nobody's looking? Right. What matters more is what you're doing when people aren't around watching you. Right. Are you still living that way or are you putting on a show from when they're around and then you live a different life? Because eventually it oozes out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I liked your first example. It reminds me of my first job coming out of grad school. I had a gentleman who was an independent contractor that worked for our team. And my supervisor at the time went to him for my annual review and said, hey, I'm about to give Andy's annual review. You work with him a lot. Can, what do you think? And, and he told me, he said his comment was, I really like Andy because he's the one that's not afraid to go take out the trash if the trash needs to be taken out. Mm. You know, as an analogy, mm. it's not that I had to, I was ever in a situation where I had to take the trash out, but he was using an analogy to say, hey, if it's for, it's, if it's for the team and it needs to be done, he doesn't ask the question or, or expect somebody else to do it. He sees there's a need and he goes and grabs the trash can and goes, put, you know, puts it out in the, in the main tra- trash can right. in the garage or whatever, so to speak from that standpoint. All right. Finish up with mine. Finally. Last um, but my, not least. My last one would be, and, and once again, they all build on each other, right? Would be humility, which Means taking the ego out of it, you know, as we discussed in the episode about ego is the enemy from Mr. Holiday in his book. But it's it's about being, it's about the team, it's about the focus. Yes, I'm the leader, but it's about all of us being together. Te- team is number one. I have I have the honor and the privilege of being the leader, but the reality is it's about the team, what the team has to come through in terms of results. And that's what we're going to focus on, not about my title, my authority, my ego. Well, divine timing of things that have happened leading up to this episode. I'm not kidding. So what I read this morning, (laughs) and then I was on a call, a mentorship call yesterday with a very, very successful individual in our industry Mm -hmm. and talking about leadership. Actually, that was one of my biggest questions is, you know, he used the example. He said, whether, whether it happened or not, 
fictional tale, whether it was based in truth, whatever. But think about the Knights of the Round Table, right? I believe King Arthur, right? right? Put together the Knights of the Round Table. Right. Now, why was it a round table, right? Because there's no head, there's no left side, there's no right hand, right? Right. It is round. Everybody's looking in towards each other, can see everybody. They're all seen as equals. So though there might be a leader in King Arthur, everybody's sitting at the same level in the same position, essentially, as that leader. So, so do your people feel that way? Or do they, you know, there's always humans, we love a hierarchical system. People look for leadership and structure. Mm-hmm. But do they feel like they're in a hierarchical system because you're being a dictator? And you say, I'm at the head of the table? Or is it because, and, and this is my favorite saying, is it follow me, I'm right behind you? Is it, again, going back to tying in others focused, does it have to do with that? Are you seen as equals? I think that's part of the reason why I really fell in love as a young adult with Tom Peters' book called In Search of Excellence and his philosophy of what he called management by walking around. Mm. You know, so easy as a leader, you get caught up. I have a corner office and a desk and a door, and that's my domain, and you know, I've never come out of my office. And if you walk into my office, you're in my domain and what mm-hmm. I say goes and so forth and so on. As opposed to being outside your office with your team in a collaborative environment, them having an input into the conversation and sort of being, uh, if you will, on their terms, mm-hmm. so to speak. That doesn't mean your accountability and authority has gone away. It's just right. saying... I'm trying to create a culture of collaboration here and amongst the team and so forth, as opposed to I'm in my office with my whip sitting behind my desk and y'all, y'all go after it. And right. when you're ready, come, come nod to Zod, so to speak, kneel in front of my desk and do as I say. Right. Kind of culture from that standpoint. And I, even to this day, after 30, 40 years after that book is written, I know Tom Peters is very active on Twitter out there. I follow him quite a bit, and he's still very active about his concepts and so forth, that they've made a significant impact in the business world right? and helping establish a proper culture. Well, I think that's a pretty good list. It's not all-inclusive. I'm sure no. there's you know three, four, five, six others out there, but putting together an episode, I thought, we each came up with three, went through six. That would be a good conversation to have. Well, I feel like those are some good weights to pick up and work on those leadership muscles. Absolutely. Right. We can't lift the whole gym in one day. Nope. And some days, some days are going to be really good at all six, and some days we're not because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. We're not perfect. But the question is, are they always at the forefront of your mind, and are you always being introspective at the end of the day or whatever to right. say, how did I do? Right. And again, not just talking about business. I mean, y'all, when I when I when we go through this again, we we invited you on our journey. Mm-hmm. So you've ever heard "learn by teaching," right? Right. I learned so much, and I we get so much value from this that you have no idea. I'm able to take this, apply it not just to our business, because do we know this stuff? Yeah, but is it on the forefront all the time? No, because. We get caught up in numbers. We get caught up in 
P and L's and the, the drama. Yeah. Cause when you, when you work in with people, you work with people, <laughs> but being able to apply this to even a marriage, right? You think about applying humility to a marriage or sell yep. others focusedness to a marriage. Cause you see so many arguments where you're doing this, you're doing this, mm-hmm. you, 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 you. Yes. Whereas if we really look in the mirror and humble ourselves and drop that ego and say, hey, I feel like when you do this, it makes me feel this way, turning Mm -hmm. it back on you, Mm -hmm. but then taking time to also reflect, what did I do that caused that situation, right? Leaders, you know, I also shout out to Jocko Willing's podcast, Extreme Ownership, Mm -hmm. his book as well. As a leader... You've got to be humble enough to never really blame your people. It's always got to, you know, say, okay, well, it was my error in training somebody or taking extreme ownership of that to control while being others focused and everything, helping them get up. We apply that to our relationships, our friendships, our parenting relationships. Well, you're just adding ammunition to our conversation about how much life overlaps business. So, so we hope that this, I mean, that these six weights can exercise those leadership muscles and the life muscles as well. And that this has generated a ton of value as it has for us. And if it has, as always, click that uh, subscribe button and give us a follow. Hit the share button. And the share. Share it with others who you think might get something out of the conversation. Right. That's how we can work together as a team between mm-hmm. our, our listening audience and ourselves. It's our round table. Our round table. We're, we're the one that's speaking all the time on the podcast, but reality is we're, we're at the same table as y'all and help us to make changes in the world, right? What you laughing at? <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about the round table. My mind goes to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. All right. I told y'all it was a ride this morning. I've had plenty of caffeine, so... <laughs> But we do pray that this generated value for you. And again, share it with those that could benefit. And uh, Andy, anything else? Well, I hope you all will tune in next week. We've had plenty of conversations about love and fear. And I'm going to bring you an author of a book who who the whole focus of the book is about love and fear and and how it um, affects your decisions in life that leads to certain outcomes. And um, it's going to be a heck of a conversation. I hope you'll tune in. Um, next week, just wanted to give you that. So you'll set that alarm, if you will, for next Tuesday afternoon when the episode releases and uh, have a listen. But we hope you have a great week, a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in um, to hearing Zach and I have a conversation with you, or at least that you listen to our conversation. Hopefully it makes an impact. And with that said, we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Thank you.